There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Bucs lose to the Saints 34-17. Does this officially mean that hope is lost now for 2019? Jameis Winston sustained an ankle injury. He finished the game, but will he be available for Sunday's game at Atlanta? And the Falcons have suddenly now won two games in a row. When is 18 interceptions really just 10? We're going to get into that in Bruce Arians' new math. And what has happened to O.J. Howard? We're going to recap the Bucks' loss to the Saints with Eduardo Encina of the Tampa Bay Times on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times along with producer Steve Versnick, before we get to the Bucks, boy, busy weekend in college football. Of course, the Gators, they roll at Missouri, and they are certainly headed to a, a big-time bowl game. Of course, they have a chance to uh, finish out the season uh, with a win against Florida State, which also wins again. So congratulations to the Seminoles. And uh, USF, boy, that was a heartbreaker. They lost to Cincinnati on a last-second field goal, played really hard, played the Cincinnati Bearcats tough. Uh, but unfortunately for USF and uh, Charlie Strong, they missed three field goals of their own, and that certainly uh, could have helped the Bulls in that one. Will uh, Charlie be able to get one more win uh, before this season is over? Uh, it's going to be tough for him. And then Oklahoma, I don't know if you watched this game, they rallied behind Jalen Hurts to beat the Baylor Bears in a big win uh, for the University of Oklahoma. Uh, I went to the uh, Tampa Bay Lightnings game. Uh, they lost to Winnipeg on Saturday night at Emily Arena 4-2. Uh, this was a weird one, man. A late replay challenge by John Cooper turns into a power play and then a crushing goal right after that. So uh, a couple goals there within seconds of each other and a difficult loss for the Tampa Bay Lightning. We'll see if they can bounce back this week. And a, uh, uh, a pretty you know tired team, I'm sure. They're still recovering from their, their trip to Sweden, although uh, they had nine goals the other night against the New York uh, Rangers. So... Uh, unable to kind of duplicate that over the weekend. So we got lots to talk about this week, but of course it always starts with the Bucks. All right, I'm joined by my buddy cop Eduardo Encina after the Bucks have lost to the Saints 34-17 in a game that they never really had any control of. They trailed 20 to nothing in this one. The defense unable to really stop Drew Brees, particularly early in the game. They had only four plays in the first quarter. And Eduardo, uh, they're going to look back on this and see where there were some opportunities to, to maybe make it a game, but they couldn't just make the big play. And Jameis Winston's going to come out of this with four more interceptions. That gives him 18 on the year, unless you talk to Bruce Arians, who says he really only has 10 because a lot of those others were on other players. And I know of one today that definitely was on O.J. Howard. Throws a ball to him in the flat. He loses control of it, goes behind his back. It's intercepted. It leads to Drew Brees' first of three touchdown passes, and, and they just built the lead from there. And O.J. Howard's not had a good year, to say the very least, but this was one of those games that the Bucks never felt like they were truly in. No, and, and like like we've talked about all year, Rick, uh, you know, there's plays in games, and, and, and a lot of these pace plays are made early in the game or late in the game, right? Yep. 
And that Howard play was obviously one that was, that was made pretty early. Um, the, uh, the, the, the Bucks actually had to be feeling real pretty good about themselves because they were totally dominated in time of possession. Oh, yeah. But the defense had held the Saints to a pair of field goals, right? Mm-hmm. So you feel good about that. Then, like you said, it's a, uh, you know, a, a pass play over the middle. O.J. Howard's running a short crossing route. Yeah, Jameis Winston puts the ball right where he's supposed to. Howard has the ball, then tries, as he's trying to tuck it away, basically tucks it away too far around his back and <laughs> is, basically has to balance the ball on his back. He, he's, he, he described it after the game. He was like, you know, when that ball's behind my back, I'm taking, thinking two dead things. Do I just fall down and draw, fall on the ball? Do I just pat it down so it's an incompletion? And then what happened was the exact thing that he didn't want to happen was he tapped it almost in the air off his hand and right into the waiting arms of Demario Davis for an interception. I guess whistling sweet Georgia Brown at that point <laughs> would not have been an option. It, it was, it it was, was very Globetrotter-esque. And, yeah. and, you know, at some point maybe he can go – like he likes to moonlight and go mm-hmm. to race games and catch foul balls. Yeah. So maybe he can go to the Globetrotters game and show off that move. But this, in all seriousness, O.J. Howard – it's just been a nightmare of a season for him. Right when he started getting going, he had seven targets last week against the Cardinals. We First touchdown catch of the season. Really looked like he was starting to develop a little bit of chemistry in this offense. And then that happens. And wouldn't you know, he did not see a ball thrown his way for the rest of the day. Yeah, they, they pretty much just totally abandoned him as part of the playbook. Cameron Bray came out and caught, I believe it was 10 receptions, yeah. 14 targets. So all those balls that might have gone to O.J., then went to Cameron Brait. And again, when you fall behind 20 nothing, it's really hard to come back against any team yeah. in the NFL, let alone a team that's as as, as sound as – I mean, and, and this isn't like – like I, I, I don't know if this is a great New Orleans Saints team, but they're just so sound. They're so sound offensively. They do a lot of different things really well, and I think that's what you saw today. You, you can't fall behind these guys three scores and really expect to, to make it a game. You, you pretty much have to play. I think Arian said this in the press conference. You have to play perfect. If, if and, and, and they obviously did not today. But, you know, you look at the Howard play, you look at some of these other plays that happened, it's just kind of been the story of their season so far. You know, and it's today, uh, you know, it ended with, uh, you know, Jameis Winston, you know, basically hobbling around the field on one leg yeah. after he got hit and run up on, turned his ankle, uh, what they call it, a, a medial, uh, medial ankle sprain, which, which you, know, you know, they'll have to see how, how it, how it kind of goes. Of course, Jameis says he's going to play next week. Arian said that he wished he hadn't kept him in the game um, because you, that, that last stretch of him being in the ball game, he really did not look like a player who was going to help his team do anything. And, and, you know, there were a couple interceptions there that, that showed that. So, yeah. um, you know, we, we, we said this in the elevator going down, you know, can this thing get worse? I think it just did. It might so, have. Yeah. So now what we're sitting here looking at is we're sitting here looking at, you know, a three-win football team that now all of a sudden is going to Atlanta, which is suddenly a hot team. You know, you know, there's there might be a few guys over there who are looking to beat the mm. to, to beat the uh, the Bucks. We'll get into that a little later. But um, all of a sudden, man, you know, we we always talked we talked about this many times. Is that 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 long stretch on the road? You know, and then this stretch of, of five out of eight at home, right? And that it wasn't – if they got out of that, you know, some of those games would, would look pretty winnable. Now, after a game like this, I think we've got to be looking at those games and asking ourselves which games are winnable. Right. And um, so now that's what we're looking at, obviously. And, you know, I know we talk about all the time that this is a week-to-week league. 
and you know the 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 Bucks can't be feeling very good after after this week. No, this one really didn't offer much hope, and and now Winston is hurt, as you mentioned. Um, you know, he could have gone to Ryan Griffin, who was celebrating his 30th birthday. What a great present that would have been to let him get his first regular season snap. A guy that's, you know, as we've said, the Moonlight Graham of the NFL right now. Um, you know, for as much as like O.J. Howard's mistake was a big play and that put him down 13 to nothing and then it became 20 to nothing. The defense or the inability of the defense to stop the Saints was really was really the reason. I mean, the Saints controlled the football. They could do pretty much anything they wanted. And, you know, and that's the thing. I mean, they come in here and you're like, well, surely the Bucks will try to stop Alvin Kamara. Well, he runs 13 times for 75 yards. That's a 5.8 average. That's something the Bucks have done well. Then you say, well, maybe they'll, they'll double-team Michael Thomas and stop him. But he ends up with his usual uh, eight catches for 114 yards. So in short, they couldn't do anything to slow down the New Orleans Saints. And I thought what was curious, uh, Eduardo, is that, you know, all week long we heard about, you know, starting with the, the waving of Vernon Hargraves, how they had so much confidence in these young defensive backs, and they did draft three of them. But Jamal Dean's the guy that made the big play a week ago against the, against the Cardinals, Arizona Cardinals, and I thought for all the world we'd see him. He didn't play at all. And instead, they went to a defense they had not played and took a guy like Mike Edwards, who's a safety, and played him in the slot because they planned on playing a lot of zone. And they had Dean was going to be, you know, a man-to-man guy if they ever got to it. But pretty much they kept him on the sideline. And i got to be honest, Mike Edwards struggled. He struggled from the beginning in coverage, making tackles, not making – they made some plays. Um, but I thought that Breeze exploited that, and, and uh, they had no answers. Whereas on the other side of the ball – the New Orleans Saints did exactly what they did in New Orleans. They played two deep zone, even though they were missing Mashawn Lattimore, who we thought was the reason why they shut down Mike Evans with just three targets and no catches in New Orleans. He had one target, no catch in the first half. So that's six quarters without Lattimore even on the field. So, you know, the, 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 the adjustments or the inability to, to, to adjust to the Saints, which really shouldn't have required an adjustment since they played the same damn defense, is kind of what got them today. I thought... I didn't think it was the best coaching day for uh, for Bruce Arians and his yeah, staff. Two curious things, and you, you mentioned both of them, but you know, the, Arians and and Todd Bowles they they've talked a lot about how a lot of these guys in the secondary have cross trained, right? But you know, and Mike Edwards is one of those guys. He's they've kind of worked him out all over the place. Obviously, he's a safety, but like you know, to throw a guy out there at game speed, you know, when you're you're covering a slot guy, a guy who's more than likely pretty fast. But, and you're used to being a safety where you have that push. I don't care if you're playing zone. You're not necessarily putting that guy in the right they situation. They don't get up on you like that. Right. They, yeah. they, they zoom and they zoom past you. First play, I think. Tight uh, end ran yeah, right Yeah, tight end right ran a 30-yard gain. And, and Mike Edwards, was, he was blown out of that play, you know. And um, Edwards made a few good plays, but not his – not def, obviously not a good day for him. No. And then when you talk about uh, Mike, Mike, Ev- Mike, uh, Mike Evans, it's like – the, the notion that of, of what these guys did to him in, in October, right? Mm-hmm. And, and then what they did after that. The, 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 the narrative after that was, uh, you know, we need to move him around more, right? Right. And, and I actually wrote about this this morning. Is Since then, they really did a good job of mm-hmm. putting him in the slot. And there was this one formation that they really used a lot was, you know, they put twins with him and Godwin 
uh, him inside Godwin, basically. Mm-hmm. And you use those two guys, and even if you're clouding, even if you have triple team, whatever you've got over there, you've got the two great route runners, and they can just confuse you. You know yeah. what I mean? And they didn't do that at all on P.J. Williams or whoever they brought over there. And it's, it's, it's baffling because it actually worked against other teams. And uh, they really didn't do that. They, they, they used Mike to the outside a lot, as they did in the first game. And uh, he had, going into the, into the last uh, three minutes of the third quarter, he only had one catch for six yards. And, you know, we know this. Everyone knows this. Everyone in the stadium knows this. Is if you don't get the ball to Mike Evans, like, you're putting yourself behind the eight ball no matter what. No matter what this team does, no matter how good Chris Godwin is, no matter how good Jameis Winston is, no matter if they're establishing the running game, it's really hard to win without you getting the ball into the hands of your best player. Well, and the biggest play they made in the passing game was a 71-yard pass to Scotty Miller, who, thank God, mm-hmm. made a play, got behind the defense, and Jameis threw a perfect ball. Um, they, he was down at the one. They eventually scored a touchdown. But if you look at the playmakers for the Bucks, you would say, well, yeah, you start with Mike Evans, and we, we documented he didn't have a catch until the second half. Four catches, 69 yards. Most of that came on a 27-yarder. And then Chris Godwin only had six targets. He had just three catches. Um, you know, and then you talk about the running game. Well, they had to abandon that. Uh, and essentially, Winston became their best runner. He had 23 yards on two scrambles. Ronald Jones only had four carries in this game. you got to believe that was not the game plan. But right. again, when you're down 20 to nothing, now you take Ronald Jones out of the game. Now you have Darian Gumboale, who's in there for pass protection primarily. Uh, you don't see much of Peyton Barber, uh, who did have a touchdown reception. But, uh, you know, pretty much New Orleans was able to control everything that the Bucks wanted to do and just weren't able to get to. And, and uh, you know, and then, and then you have – like you said, from bad to worse, the situation with Jameis Winston's ankle. I don't know how it's going to feel this morning. You know, he's one of those guys that, you know, sort of wills his way to play. Um, but clearly now he's going to be dinged up and then go to Atlanta, like you mentioned. This football team, I felt for the first time, you know, they, they had some hope last week when they beat Arizona. They needed to end that four-game winning streak, right? And you thought, well... You know, New Orleans is coming off a loss to Atlanta. That probably doesn't help them. But they're an NFC South team, and they've won here against New Orleans before. It felt hopeless today. Right. I don't know how you felt in that locker room, but it felt like, yeah, we're not a very good football team, and we're gonna. And now our year is pretty much down the tubes. Right. At three and seven, and still some teams on the schedule that they're not going to be favored against. Well, we know that you know in sports, no matter what, you know, no matter how how you know difficult a start a team has. You still mathematically can look at a schedule and be like, you know what, if this goes our way, if that goes our way. You know, when they lost to Tennessee a couple weeks ago, we were in that locker room, and they were frustrated for a different reason. I think they were frustrated because they really thought they were better than the Titans, and a better team than the Titans. They gave that game away. And they probably were, right? You know, Mm -hmm. But I think this game was different because they just lost this game. You know what I mean? They They, weren't even competitive, really. Right. I mean, like, there was just clearly a better team on the field. Yeah, they gave the ball away. Yeah, they they, they didn't play very well. But, like, let's face it, the New Orleans Saints are a better team than them. And they showed it in two games. I mean, having said that, though, they did this New Orleans team, this same team at home in the Superdome, only scored nine points a week ago. This this is the NFL. But you know you have to play, as as Arian said, a near-perfect game. 
And to get behind 20 to nothing is not in the plan. Right? Especially when this team has their number in a lot of ways. You well, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, they like, do. You know, they, 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 they got Mike out, Evans' They figured out a formula for Mike Evans. They've, they figured out a way that to, to, to stop, you know, the running game. They figured out a way to get, get the ball against them. You know, and a lot of teams have done that. But, yeah. um, but you know, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's not, they're not a good matchup for this team. You know, like I said, I, I think the, the, the hopelessness maybe that they felt – in that locker room today was more rooted in the fact that, you know, and I don't think you get anyone to say this in the locker room, but they're, they are frustrated because I think they think they're a better team that they've shown. But when push comes to shove in week 10 and 11, doesn't matter. you are what you are, yeah, right? I mean, right. like, they're a bad football team. I mean, they have one of the worst records in the National Football League. One of the worst, right? And even Atlanta, who has now won two in a row that they play next Sunday in Atlanta, They've got two wins in the division, at least, so they're actually ahead of the Bucks. Are back in the cellar. Right. This is where they've been the last five years, and you know, it, again, it gets hard to kind of search for wins. But I, I, I wonder, you know, again, moving forward, like you, you figure Winston will try to play. He'll try to do everything he can play. He probably will play. But this sort of this narrative with Arians, you know, and, and yes, the O.J. Howard interception was definitely, quote-unquote, not on, on the quarterback, but those things happen in, in every, to every quarterback. And the fact is, he's got 18. 18! I mean, we got six games to go. He's, I, I think uh, Greg Almany, the athletic, had a stat where the, the, the 15 interceptions in his last five games are the most of any quarterback in that span since 2010. Wow. Um, so he's on a pace where whether his teammates hang him out to dry or not, you could be looking, I don't know, at a 25 interception. I mean, what what kind of numbers are you going to be staring at at the end of the year? As, you know, by Arian's calculation, it's 10. That means eight other interceptions, nearly half of them, are on the other players. Now, I know why he says this, and people are always like, I'm tired of Arians making excuses for Winston. Well, there's... Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. A couple reasons. One, he wants to have his back. He's made it clear that I'm here to have your back. And, and um, you know, no matter what, we're not going to let you be looking over your shoulder, not at another quarterback for sure, and not at the head coach. But the other thing is I think he wants his other players to have a standard that they're not meeting. I, You know, when O.J. Howard goes out there and doesn't catch footballs and puts it on the ground like he did against San Francisco early in the game, I mean, we can sit here and wrap the defense all we want to, but when you get the ball to Drew Brees at the 16-yard line after they've been on the field and held them to two field goals, I know they should have gotten off the field a few times, that is not on the defense. And time and time again, the Bucks' offense has hurt their defense. Look, it's a collective thing. They're not very good on that side of the ball, but, geez, you don't have to hurt them that way. And I don't know what the deal is with Howard. It's really hard to explain because this is a kid that, you know, seemed worthy of a first-round pick, um, probably underutilized as a receiver at Alabama. And he comes here, and he has six touchdowns in each of his, like, first two years. And if not for injuries, 
probably would have gone to the Pro Bowl last year. And now Arians comes in, seems like he can't figure out how to use a tight end, but then, you know, OJ just hasn't played well, and it's just a weird kind of backslide because they really need a third guy because Godwin and Evans cannot carry the entire passing game yeah. every single game. It, it is baffling, and I talked to OJ a little bit on the side about this, and it's kind of, you know, he talks about this one, this this mistake, and it's kind of he's like, you know what? Maybe I'm trying too hard. You know, maybe right. He's fighting maybe, himself. You know, and and yeah. I think this. I to be honest, I think at this point, it's mostly as much as something like this is is it's it's physical in nature. It's mostly mental. I've, like I've like, seen it. And 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 when you see a guy who basically, like, like I said, he 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 has has not really had issues with with ball protection. You no. know, I think he had. He's had three or four fumbles his first two years, right? Right. right. Um, and, 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 you know, this didn't count as a fumble. This counts as an interception. Now he's having trouble you know, catching the ball. Now he's catching, punch, he's ca- catching his hands. the ball, tucking it away, right. looking downfield. Like he said, you know, I was probably looking downfield. I, I felt the guy coming on he's me. He's trying to protect I, himself. Right. I was trying to protect myself. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, you know, th- and, and, and then when you add in the, the lack of – Opportunities that he's gotten, it's got to be in a young it's guy's. It's magnified, because, yeah, because it's because like the ball's knows, coming my way. Right. I have to make. I a have play. to make a play. If I don't make a play, there you go. If I don't get this extra yardage, I may never. I see may it. never see the ball again, and that's exactly what happened when he ends up making a mistake. I agree. So it's one of these things where it's like, you know, what is what does he need? I mean, he says like, you know, I can pass, I can practice my my you know ball security as much as I want, but this is all on me. You know, yeah. I've got to figure it out. And, you know, we know OJ. We we like OJ. OJ's a great kid. You know. Oh yeah. And there's, and, not, um, there's no holes in him right, character wise. Right. And, and so it's it's hard to watch him go through this, and knowing that, like you said, if if they do get a a some version of OJ Howard that was similar to the one that they got last year before the injury. Yeah. You know that could be a real big boost. And like you said, for what you know the last you know six games of the season, but you know still moving forward, there's so many questions with this team. You know, I mean. We're, we we've got even more questions about Winston now. We've got questions about, like you said, guys like Howard. You know, you know what, what's what's the money situation? We've got guys like Evans and Godwin. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Who, how are you going to figure out the pay? How can you pay both of these guys? You know, these, the one thing that this team really put all of its eggs in, at least in a, in a payroll perspective, was the offense, right? Yeah. And for the offense to be hurting, you know, the ability to win games like it is so much, that really puts this team looking forward in the eight ball, you know what I mean? Because it's like one of these situations where, you know, let, let's face it, we're looking to more towards 2020, 2020 and right beyond. now yeah. and beyond. And there's so many questions and so many of them have to do with the offensive side of the ball. A lot of them have to do with the defensive side of the ball just because of the, the youth of that defense. But, you know, you've got the players at least. You know, these are the players that you think they're going to have moving forward. Um, but, you know, for the most part, like, it's it's this this team right now, This is one, I think this is one of those games that really exemplifies it. And that's why I'm sure if you're a Bucks fan out here, one of the ones who was outnumbered probably two to one by by Saints fans today, you got to be walking out of here wondering what the future holds, you know. Well, and, and, and it's not just beyond, you know, uh, November and December. It's it's. But I, I know for Bucks fans, I talked to a lot of them this week. You did, and. Uh, you know, the frustration goes a lot deeper than just necessarily this year or the past four years or whatever. Not, not only that, but there, there, there's a sameness, right, to, to, to a lot of these losses, if yeah. not all of these losses, right? I mean, you have the turnovers. You have the defense not able to get off the field. Um, Drew Brees didn't have to do a lot today. Right. But their defensive line didn't get close to him, right? He, he was not sacked one time. Um, Shaq Barrett and, J- and, and Jason Pierre-Paul were pretty much held – 
out of there. Vita Vea didn't really get much pressure. Sue didn't really do anything. So if you if you let Drew Brees just stand back there, of course he's going to carve you right. up. Um, and yet he you know he really didn't go down the field that much because they played you know a lot of too deep themselves and, and tried to make him go underneath to Kamura and to to his tight ends and guys like that, which he was happy to do. Um, but you know once they got the lead, they also didn't exactly keep their foot on the gas pedal. Right at that point, you know Sean Payton was like, okay, this game is over. All I have to do is is run the ball, run some clock. Get some first downs. Let's just get out of here. And we're going home. Right. right. We're, we're going to go home 8-2, and two, which is where they want to be right now. So um, they weren't messing around by throwing it all over the field. But, you know, the, I mean, they're going to have to figure it out and, and, and figure out, like, you know, what where's the promise here? I mean, Devin White, you're going to look at the stat sheet, and he's going to have 13 10, tackles. 13 tackles. Right. But how many of those were impactful plays? You know what I'm saying? Like, made a lot of tackles, but – I don't remember a ton of them tackles for losses, and and you know they're not I mean, getting they're not getting turnovers. No one's intercepting the ball. What it shows is that he's right? around the ball a lot, and he some is. of that can be around the line of scrimmage. But a lot of it could be chasing a guy down. Right. We know that Devin's a guy who's never going to give up on a play. Right. So he's going to be around a lot of tackles. Well, and Alvin Kamara, who's his right, main right, responsibility his, right. for 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 uh, he caught a lot of balls today. He caught yeah he caught uh, 10, balls. ten balls. So I mean, there's most of your tackles right, right there, and he didn't have a lot of you know he only averaged. 4.7 yards per catch, which is good. That means that, that, that they got him on the ground before he got going, and his longest catch was his 17. But you're gonna have to have you're gonna have to see somebody make plays. Like there is not that many playmakers on that defense to begin with. We've seen Shaq Barrett made some plays. Um, we've seen Vita Vea make a couple plays, but the defensive backs are all young now. And there's a you know it's deeper than just any one guy like Vernon Hargrave. Right. So I don't know, man. This is uh, you know if I'm a Bucks fan, I and I know you talk to a lot of them, but but I'm I'm just if I woke up tomorrow and said, hey, guess what happened in the game? You didn't watch any <laughs> plays, and they said, well, you know, Jameis threw four interceptions. Okay, right. you know what I'm saying? And, and no, you know, Aaron's is right. It is not all on the quarterback, but by the same token. That's how it looks. It looks like Drew Brees, who had three touchdowns and no interceptions, and the other guy had one touchdown and four interceptions. I mean, you know, that's that's sort of going to be what everybody remembers about this. Well, it's, it's one of those things, and like I said, I, I did talk – we're talking about a, a fan story that I wrote about the dwindling attendance that ran in today's times, and it was online on Saturday. But, you know, talking to a lot of these fans, like one general theme that, that I heard was there is a frustration here of not just the losing – but losing the same way. Right. You know, and just put yourself in these fans' shoes. They invest the whole day into it. They're spending money. A lot of money. They're, they're go, coming here they to the ballpark. They want to have a good time. want to have a good time. And they watch the team lose the exact, like in very similar, disappointing fashion. And they walk out of here saying, okay, my pocket's more empty. is emptier. Nobody had fun. No one had the fun. The weather at least was cool. And, and, and you, can, you can dress up Ray J as much as you want. It's a, oh. great, it's a great stadium. They've done a lot of stuff here. It's great. $130 million that they've put into the stadium. I love the scoreboards. Love that they, they debuted some they new camera nice stuff today. The game they program. do a great job. Yeah. But at the end of the day, your fans have to leave happy and satisfied. And they're just not right now. It's like you're go if you're going to watch the same play over and over again on Broadway, yeah. eventually you're kind of gonna get tired of it because you spent a two hundred dollars a ticket. Like yeah. how many times can you go see Hamilton? Right. Maybe Hamilton's a bad example <laughs> because everyone wants to go it's see really Hamilton good, really all the play. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, any other play, you would think, eventually, 
this script gets a little old. Hey, some real time. Those are not bees you hear in the background on this podcast. We are at Raymond James, and they are well. They're cleaning all the garbage away with uh, their their blowers and such. And so, you know, this is how it sounds after uh, after the stadium is empty a, and a, a couple of work group. A couple of other things here, Rick. Too is like just one. You mentioned about the some of the defense's struggles, and we talked a lot about the one thing that this team did really well defensively was stop the run. Today. They allowed 100 and some yards rushing. They did. Two weeks ago, uh, yeah, two weeks ago in Seattle, they allowed 145 yards rushing. Yeah. So their first seven games, they only allowed they allowed less than 70 yards a game. Right. Now they're averaging more than 100 yards a game. So, as much as we had the narrative of okay, maybe they 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 move the ball a lot through the air, but at least they stopped the run. They're starting to come the the seams of that foundation are starting to come apart a little bit too. So. Um, you know, well, and then don't forget, you know, you've got older players. You yeah. know, I mean, you know, especially on that line. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Carl, Carl Nassib is hurt, um, or Nassib, as the Tennessee announcer would call him. But uh, you know, Jason, Jason Pierre-Paul is still trying to work his way back. He's not; he's an older player. Shaq and Barrett has never played this many snaps before. He's yeah. I was going to say he's up in an area that he's not used to, and he's getting a lot more attention on the line of scrimmage. He came close to some plays today, but he didn't get the guy on the ground. And Indomitian Sioux is, you know, in his ninth, tenth, tenth, tenth year, season. Yeah. So, you know, and, and I, and, you know, and when you're sitting here at three and seven now, I know these guys are professionals and they get paid, but but it's a sameness for them too. Like you want to be involved in games that matter, and I think tonight demonstrated that. You know, even though you could get on, if you could have gotten on a run here, beat the Saints, now you've won two in a row, you got confidence. Maybe you can get on a run here and get back to 500, and anything's possible from there. Now it seems as if there's not going to be much to play for in December and November. Um, and that's the part of the NFL that's tough, right? Right. That you still got to go out there and practice. And all those guys said that, look, we're going to go to work, you know, and we're going to put this behind us and we're going to try to get motivated. And Mike Evans has lost as many games as anybody around here, and, he, and he's as competitive as hell. He says, I hate to lose, but you know what? I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight to the end. I thought Jameis fought. You know, he didn't have to go back out there with, with a bad wheel, but he did. Probably a mistake. Um, they got guys that are putting putting out effort, and that's why Vernon Hargraves isn't here because he wasn't. So it's not as if these guys aren't out here trying to, to do everything they can to win, but um, the, today was not their day, and it was not the game that you want to play against New Orleans. Um, and so we'll see. I mean, I we'll see what Jameis' health is tomorrow if he has that MRI. I would imagine because he finished the game, he will find a way to play this week. It's not an absolute. Um, but Dirk Cutter is a former Bucks coach. He's going to know a lot about this football team, especially the offense. And he's going to be talking to those defensive coaches who have had a couple of good weeks now, you know, in, in beating New Orleans and Carolina uh, rather handily because they haven't allowed very many points. Um, and then, you know, from there, I mean, there's good football teams on this schedule. The Colts are on this schedule. The Texans are on this schedule. They got to go to Jacksonville that now has Nick Foles which is a different deal. Uh, you've got to go to Detroit. Maybe Matthew Stafford will be back. So um, this season now for Bruce Arians, what's going to be his statement? You know, they need a good second-half push because without it, what was this whole Bruce Arians experience about? You know, what are we going to look back and say really was was better? Because the- right now I, I, I'm struggling to find it. It's the much-used campaign promise, right? It's, yeah. are you better now than you were this time last year? That's right. And, uh, you know, the record, I, I think he's going to have a tough sell because 
the I mean, record. Look, he might win two more games, right. and then he would just be five and eleven for the third straight right. year. But they need to win more than two, right? Well, I think the big disappointment here is that I think everyone, Arians included, thought that this team might have been a little bit further along than than it really is, you know. And um, I think that's a realization to players. I think that's a realization to. I think that's why they're this frustrated. I think. It's a realization to this coaching staff that maybe thought that they could trust these guys with a little bit more than they should have initially. And, you know, obviously for, for fans, too, who go into this whole thing bright-eyed and, and thinking, oh, man, you know, we have this great offense. You know, and now we have no risk and no biscuit. Now we have, uh, you know, the, the, the quarterback whisperer, you know, and all that's great and it's real. But at the end of the day, you are what you are. And, you know, right now they're a 3-7 and seven football team with, with – a lot of tough games ahead of them. One final thing. There was a play in this game where the Bucks were down by 10. They had a fourth and one at midfield, and they connected on it to Mike Evans, who was then called for offensive pass interference when he shoved P.J. Williams, I think it was, to the ground yeah. um, at the line of scrimmage or about one yard off the line of scrimmage. We've seen these, these referees allow these guys to hand fight all over the field. But that was a critical, critical play because if they go down and score and make this a one-score game, the crowd gets back in it. They had stopped the Saints a few times on defense. Maybe things change. And Bruce Arians, once again, challenged the pass interference penalty that, that was called, and he did not get a reversal. Only this time, he would not talk about the officiating because he made it clear he has already gotten a letter um, that is uh, going to bring a fine with it at some point. Um, but that was a that was a critical play in the game. You know, you talk about a play here, a play there. You did that thing right. a couple weeks ago about how a season can change. You don't know what the momentum does if you pick up that first down and maybe you go down and score a touchdown in that situation. Well, it's really weird, too. And, like, we can talk about the officiating and the pass interference definition all we, all we want. We can talk to it forever. But um, – and I think this year is going to be remembered for that. Yes. Um, but, you know, we I think last game we saw, you know – Guys get away with a lot, a lot. The last game, I think Michael. Uh, Remember when Michael, Michael Thomas, Thomas had both hands and shoved Vernon Hargraves down, down the field. field? Yeah, and maybe you're getting away with more. Maybe, maybe you get away with more downfield. Maybe you get away with more because you're Michael Thomas and you're on Vernon Hargraves. Exactly. Um, but with the Mike Evans thing, it was funny because you know we see the imaginary lines, right? So we see the line of scrimmage line and we see the first down line. Yeah. So on a fourth and one. We see the line of scrimmage line, and we see that first down line. So we know exactly where Mike is able to to, to be physical with a guy. And it was obviously get five right, yards. and it was obviously before that. It was immediately coming off the line. He gives him a good a good push to the ground. Yeah. But you look, I mean, unless those lines are are you know not not to scan, you know, not to, to trust. Oh, but, they're accurate. But but you know, it was pretty clear from the replay that he was in within the line, the one yard. Yeah. That he's allowed to do that, and you know, so you know again. We're we're kind of all grasping for, for for answers with the officiating this year, and you know, it, and it's all it, the, the, in 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 the grand scheme of things, some of it makes sense because you know the call. It's like in baseball, the call on the field is usually going to stand unless you find something that totally just you know blows you away to reverse it. Now I thought this one had enough to reverse. I it. did too. You know, so then you're asking yourself, what does it take? But. Um, yeah, again, that was a big play because a fourth down play. Who knows what happens after that? You know, this team just didn't possess the ball enough to, to make a difference, and something like that maybe could have helped them in, yeah. a, in, a, in, a, in what was a 10-point game at that point, yeah. uh, marching down the field at midfield. So, um, but, yeah, just another thing that just didn't go their way today. Well, we'll have a chance to talk to Bruce Arians again today about this game and the Bucks, of course, in the open locker room. 
Uh, on the podcast this week, we're going to have Chris Torello. Diana Neros will be with us tomorrow. And then, um, of course, uh, uh, myself and Eduardo will preview the Bucks at Atlanta uh, as we get towards the end of the week. So keep it right here for Eduardo Encina and Rick Stroud from One Buck Place, again, or from Raymond James, where the Bucks have lost once again, this time to the New Orleans Saints. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. 